Hey guys, welcome to the second episode of We Read the News So You Don't Have To. So this is a news recap podcast from Zodapop by Zerap Media. And every episode will come on and share different news stories that we think are relevant to young adults in Singapore. And we'll also share some of our opinions as well. Now, there will also be special episodes where we will also do deep dives into particular topics. But this one is a regular episode where we will just share some of the news articles that we think are interesting to no. <laughs> well, I see we, but once again, this is just me alone for now. Uh, I'm still experimenting with this whole new system and this whole new workflow. So don't mind me. But here are some of the headlines that I think that everybody should know so that you can be informed, you know, at your um, dinner <laughs> meetings or drinks tonight or whatnot. So yes, the first one is that 11 more stations are going to be added to the Thompson East Coast line here in Singapore and they're expected to start service in the second half of this year and this was announced on Wednesday by Transport Minister S. Iswaran so this is very exciting this is the brown line if I'm not wrong on the MRT according to Minister Iswaran this will connect the residents in the north directly to destinations in the city and it significantly shorten travel times so basically those who work or live near stations like Great World Maxwell Shenton Way will have direct connections to the entire MRT network. So that's that. Very, very exciting because more and more I'm trying to take um, public transport. I feel like over the last couple of years, I have really depended so much on apps like Gojek, Grab. And yes, like they have really changed transportation for me, but like as much as possible, like, okay, so during the circuit breaker period, it's like I stopped taking rights right and i realized that my expenditure really dropped a lot and then now that you know i'm on the move again i realized that shit i'm spending so much money so as much as possible i do want to take public transport so yeah it's great now one more thing that they announced is that actually there are measures or initiatives that they want to do to make public transport more inclusive as well. So changes will also be made to our public transport uh, system to make it more accessible to three groups of people. One is families with young children, two, deaf or hard of hearing commuters, and three, those with dementia. So these improvements aim to create a more inclusive commuting experience for uh, those using the public transport system. And this was announced by uh, Bayam King. So yeah. So for the first one would be that there will be actually baby care rooms that will be provided at all the Jurong Region line and also Cross Island line stations, as well as at new bus interchanges for parents and caregivers traveling with babies and young children. So basically, these baby care rooms will provide a private space for nursing mothers and parents who need to attend to their babies so that's really great <laughs> i mean obviously like i won't have that experience of like having to change diapers and i haven't had that experience yet but like i know for a fact that a lot of young moms do appreciate the baby care rooms in malls and you know i i do think that because transportation interchanges and like mrt stations are always just like places that you go through anyway like it would be good to have them for sure now the second one that they are doing is support for deaf or hard of hearing commuters so to help commuters who are deaf or hard of hearing to communicate with public transport staff the passenger service centers at all new mrt stations starting with the Thompson East Coast Line will be equipped with hearing enhancement systems. So this is great. These systems enable sounds to be transmitted intelligibly to a person wearing hearing aids without the interference of background noise or reverb. So yeah. 
and uh, passenger service centers at existing bus interchanges are also undergoing upgrading, uh, as well as those that were built from 2019 onwards. They will all be equipped with these hearing enhancement systems. Additionally, a visual communication tool developed by LTA in collaboration with the Singapore Association for the Deaf, the Building and Construction Authority and public transport operators will also be rolled out at all MRT stations and bus interchanges by the end of this year as well. So this tool will basically show pictograms and text for common keywords to make communication easier between deaf or hard of hearing commuters as well as public transport staff. So, you know, this will just basically facilitate communication or so. So that's, I think, a wonderful initiative. Actually, uh, we, we have seen like more and more of such inclusive measures. I believe the one with the, the pass, you know, that, that shows that you need help or like shows that you, you, you might need special attention or whatnot, like that has been rolled out already. I've seen that in action. I think I was just at Orchard MRT the other day and I saw that like, you know, someone was using it. So more and more so like we are seeing such inclusive measures and I really, really appreciate that. The last one, last measure would be that there will be more dementia go-to points. So the LTA is also working with public transportation operators to list out public transport nodes as dementia go-to points, which act as a safe return point for all these people with dementia by the end of this year as well. So public transport staff stationed at these points are trained to help reunite such people with their caregivers. So yeah, I think all in all, fantastic news on that end. Moving on to my second piece of news, <laughs> when I saw this headline, I was like, oh shit, um, because this one's for all you salty bitches like me, because I love my salty food, okay, I love, love, love salty food, and I always ask for extra sauces, like, you know, I actually, sometimes when I get fries that are not salted, I actually ask for more salt on the side so that I can like drench my, my fries in salt. However, I don't think the Ministry of Health is very happy with that because the Ministry of Health is going to be introducing measures to help curb salt consumption. So Singaporeans are eating too much salt. I think I'm adding to that. And the Ministry of Health will introduce measures to curb its consumption. So this was announced by Palsek Rahayu Mazam in Parliament on Wednesday. So speaking during the COS debate, she said that people in Singapore consume almost double the recommended daily salt limit that was uh, recommended by the World Health Organization. So Singapore residents consume an average of 3,600 mg of sodium a day, which is about one and a half teaspoons. And that's actually double of the two, more almost double um, that of the 2,000 mg of sodium a day recommended by the World Health Organization. <laughs> Shit. So basically, high sodium intake is associated with increased risk in hypertension, which is then in turn associated with higher risk of cardiovascular complications like stroke and heart attack. So that's scary. <laughs> But what's happening? Okay, so basically she says that the health promotion board will work with salt suppliers and the food service sector to encourage the substitution of regular salt used in cooking with lower sodium alternatives. So these kind of like lower sodium salt actually contain about 30% less sodium at the same quantity. According to MOH, they say that the food service sector is a major contributor to our sodium intake and the impact is set to grow as more Singaporeans eat out. 100% agree, I think, especially for our generation. Like, I mean, obviously there's joy in cooking, but I don't know, with a lot of us being so busy with careers and everything, I don't really think we'll be spending so much time, you know, cooking. And I think that like, 
food is such a big thing in Singapore whereby it's accessible, you know, we have so many good people, um, like people who are good with food in Singapore. So like dining out is just such a big part of our culture. We can't really do away with it. Also with the delivery apps today, it's just so, so easy to just like order out. So I think that like this is perhaps like the, the best way forward. So also specifically, they announced they will actually be launching a public education campaign to encourage Singaporeans to take steps to reduce our sodium intake. Um, and this campaign will educate on the harms of consuming too much salt, build awareness of salt substitutes, and also highlight how consumers can replace salt in their food while retaining flavor. Well, I guess uh, it's time. It's time to be a bit more concerned about health, you know. I'm at an age where suddenly I look at my older relatives and even my parents and sometimes it's like I get a bit scared that they are no longer like superhero kind of people. They're just starting to fall sick, you know, like all these different ailments are starting to pop up and they were part of like that kampong generation that that ate clean food growing up, you know, and we are part of that this generation that like really ate a lot of like GMO stuff. So I don't know, it's a bit scary like to think about like what will happen when our generation grows up and... <laughs> all these different things will pop up so i don't know i think it's really time to start thinking about you know being a little bit more healthy and what yeah all right so moving on to my last piece of news so this one is a bit lighthearted. this one is in the entertainment realm <laughs> i don't know if this is relevant to you but this is highly highly relevant to me we're talking about teen wolf <laughs> my guilty pleasure i was watching teen wolf i actually Honestly, I wasn't part of the, the Teen Wolf craze when it first came out, but I did jump on the bandwagon when it was being, what do you call it, syndicated? I don't know, when it was listed on Netflix. So I watched um, Teen Wolf after that, and I really, really fell in love with it. And recently, they announced that there was going to be a Teen Wolf movie. However, Dylan O'Brien, who is one of like the main actors of the show, was not on the list when it was announced. And he has recently come out to speak out on why he's not going to be part of it. And to... Like, okay, I'm going to say what he says first. So, and this is from Variety, by the way. So Dylan O'Brien, who shot to fame playing Styles Stalinsky on MTV's Teen Wolf, is opening up about not joining the Paramount Plus upcoming film revival of the hit television series. So he says that it was a difficult decision and a lot went into it. And, you know, he explains that the show couldn't be more dear to him. It was the first thing that he has ever done and that so many people there were extremely dear to him. I quote, it was something I was trying to make work but it all happened very fast. We didn't really know that it was happening and it just, they kind of just threw it at us a little bit, which is fine because we all love the show, but, and we were trying to try and like figure it out. But however, like I ultimately decided that it was left in a very good place for me and I just still want to leave it there. I wish them well and I'm going to watch it the first night it comes out. I hope it fucking kicks ass, um, but I'm not going to be in it. So confirmation there from Dylan O'Brien, who by the way, I think is the star of the show like even though he's not the lead who's the lead again what's his name see like he's like irrelevant you know the <laughs> cancelled okay but like what, what's his name <clears throat> it's the guy that started doing like porn what's his name Tyler Posey yeah Tyler Posey was like the it boy at one point but like he's now like irrelevant I, like, I guess that's why he can do the movie but yeah Dylan O'Brien is confirmed not gonna be in it and I don't know I'm just sad because like I really really enjoyed Styles on the show and he's the, really the reason why I wanted to even continue watching the show however like I, I think that Dylan has a lot on his plate he recently starred in Taylor Swift's All Too Well 10 Minutes version <laughs> and I think he did a fantastic job allegedly as Jake Gyllenhaal uh, but I like you know this man has a lot of talent and you know 
I watching his other Netflix movie. Like I think it was the one with like Love and Monsters. That was really really good as well. Like so I really enjoyed Dylan O'Brien and I wish him all the best. I guess I'll still watch the movie. I feel like a nostalgia. Okay, it's not really nostalgia for me because I only recently started watching it. But you know, just I do love the Teen Wolf brand. But yes. Just want to say that it's confirmed that Dylan O'Brien will no longer be part, is not part of the movie. All right, so those are just basically the headlines for today. Thank you so much for listening in. By the way, we are live on Clubhouse, you know. So if you want to join the live rooms, you can also just follow me on Clubhouse at Limex Joel. That's L I M X J O E L. Um, if not, we are also going to be listing this episode on both Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts. I believe that Apple Podcasts was just set up today. So I think from today onwards, like this, we read the news so you don't have to podcast will be listed on there. It's already up on Spotify. So click the follow button on Spotify so that, you know, if let's say you miss out on the Clubhouse room or whatnot, like you can always just like listen to it on Spotify as well. All right, guys, have a very good day. It's Thursday and I've lost track of my days really, to be honest. Have a very good rest of your Thursday and I'll see you tomorrow, hopefully. Yes. Take care. Bye. Bye.